Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups. My guest today is Nate Turner. Nate, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about Nate Turner. Tell our audience a little bit about Nate Turner. Yeah, so I've been um, been doing marketing for you know, a little over 12 years and um, was at an agency for a little while. And then um, in 2011, joined Sprout Social uh, very early stage. I was the first marketer, uh, I think about the 18th employee and um, really just uh, got into a great company early on. And... Um, ended up sort of being in a, a pivotal role with the um, inbound model that, that sort of worked out with the business. And so I um, was ended up being there for eight and a half, almost nine years and uh, helped um, uh, helped the company grow from zero to a hundred million in revenue. I wow. um, just got to see a lot of great stuff uh, along the way in you know, different phases of growth. And um, so when I left uh, last year, there was um I think a little over 600 employees and uh, just, yeah, really just a great run. Um, and the company is uh, IPO'd. And um, so a lot of great stuff there, you know, across, uh, you know, a lot of growth marketing and, and demand generation um, experience. And then uh, for a little over a year, I've been consulting with uh, SaaS companies um, and working across a lot of different areas of growth. Um, some very early stage, some, some growth stage companies, and that's been a lot of fun just to, to get exposure to, to more companies and, and meet more people and, and grow. Um, and through that, um, really sort of found myself gravitating towards uh, a lot of the content SEO aspects of growth um, mm-hmm. and being able to help people get results that way. Um, and so that, along with some of my experience over the years, uh, led to the, the founding of TenSpeed, which is a content optimization company. And so we uh, have been running for several months now and, and uh, are helping companies optimize the content that they already have. Um, so content that you have that either was performing and has sort of declined over time or um, uh, content that's doing well but has potential to do even better. Uh, we're helping co- guide the companies on how to optimize that content to get better performance, more traffic, uh, leads, revenue, sales. Um, so that's sort of been my, you know, last 10, 12 years of, of experience and, um, yeah, just really kind of excited for what's, uh, what's ahead. So walk me through the, uh, the, the specifics of 10 speed, and then I want to circle back kind of, you know, time at Sprout and kind of that transition, sure, but yeah. specifically you, you said that, you know, we are trying to optimize content that is already produced. Why, yeah. why are you, why are you focusing on content that's already produced versus, helping them produce new content or whatever. Is that just a, a niche that you've, you've chosen? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, within the, the umbrella of content marketing, which can include a lot of different mm-hmm. um, uh, tactics and, and services and whatnot. We're, we are pretty uh, specifically focused on that, that niche. And it's, um, it's partly because we've seen uh, just how well it works and how, right. how often you can get amazing results and sometimes two, three, four X, um, you know, the traffic and, and then subsequent, you know, leads and performance 
to an existing piece of content just from, from optimizing it. Um, and we also, I think there's, I think it's still a little bit early and a little bit of an education component for, for companies to understand that um, just pumping out new content every month uh, is, is effective, but there's, there's sort of, when you go back and look at performance of past content, you realize that there's a lot that was doing well and, and is no longer doing well, um, or search intent has changed or algorithms have changed. Mm, um, yeah. And there's a lot of uh, potential for over time, you continue to produce content around the same topics, you start to have internal competition. Um, so I think it's a, it, it has been a little bit of like an educational component to it as well mm. and kind of helping people understand this. But uh, having been doing it for, for several years and seeing um, the results is quite great. And there's also, um, it, you know, for marketing leaders as we're working with them, it's, it's really great because they see the potential to, um, to fold this into what they're doing pretty easily and, and be able to get results pretty quickly when it's, it's something that isn't, you know, like, Hey, let's work together to create an ebook that's going to take a lot of writing and a lot of editing and, and production and all this stuff. Like it's, it's content that's already there. Um, sometimes some small tweaks, sometimes some, some fairly large overhaul, but um, by and large is, is a fairly light lift to get some good results and, and get them pretty quickly usually. So um, that's, that's part of what's just exciting, compelling is to, to be able to work with someone, get that done. And, you know, within, you know, 20, 30 days for them to be able to see the amount of impact that's having is, is exciting. And, and that's any builds, content builds that's, that's video that's written. That's, is it anything that, that might be on their website or are you talking about social content as well? Or. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It's primarily um, written content. So mm -hmm. I think blog content is the most common, but there right. are certainly um, plenty of companies that have a lot of detailed support documentation um, that's indexed and, and written. Um, and then there's, you know, fully, uh, open ungated guides and, and a lot of different uh, types of, of written content there. And we're also kind of looking at how that, you know, some of the blog and support and API documentation type of content uh, is potentially competing with product pages or home pages, things like that. And so that, that is part of the, the equation as well. Yeah, I like um, the way you mentioned yeah. just the internal competition. People don't even think about that. I mean, sometimes yeah. you're actually competing against yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's very common. Yes. Especially like the more time goes on, like it's just natural that you're going to uh, write about something in one dimension and then, you know, in another. And over time you end up with a homepage that mentions, you know, a specific topic and a feature page and a solution page and case study and three blog posts yep. and support docs. And yeah, it's, it's just a very natural thing that, that happens, it's, especially within your sort of core focus and, and product offerings and whatnot. So um, yeah, so that's, that's definitely a, a big part of it as well. So let's go back to the early days of Sprout. So you said yeah. I, you were the first, I think I wrote down, you were the first marketer at, social, at Sprout Social. So I, I'm picturing that you show up and there's a desk and there's, there's maybe, and you, you bring your own laptop and there's nothing else and there's nobody in the company that can help you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we're hiring you to figure this out for us. <laughs> yes. Um, much of that is true. Uh, we were uh, actually working out of a group on conference room uh, with the office space at the time. I did use my own laptop for the first two weeks um, until, until mine arrived. So you're, you're dead on there. Um, 
and it, it was, I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, not a lot of handholding. There was, um, Justin CEO is a, a very sharp guy. So he kind of had, um, tested some stuff and, and, and played around with, with some things. I really just kind of prove early traction. Um, and they had worked with some consultants early on. And so there was some foundation, but definitely was, you know, really up to me to kind of figure out where to, where to take it from there. So it was a, you know, one page website, uh, at the time, just kind mm-hmm. of one long homepage. Uh, so started building out feature pages and getting analytics set up correctly and, uh, testing out some paid channels and, um, figuring out, you know, getting how to get bloggers to write about us and kind of all that stuff that was, uh, the way things worked back in, you know, 2011 and, uh, you know, lots obviously changed since then. So, um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a pretty, pretty raw and, and, and open field in terms of, of where to take it. The wild west. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I mean, I can imagine your internal competition was like different sections on the page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like anchors <laughs> on the page. <laughs> Which, yes. Am I going to the top of the page or the bottom of the page? <laughs> so. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so, definitely was not an issue yet. So did you bring the uh, that particular skill set to the table or were you just hired because you had a great resume and you did well in college or you did this or you did that and, and we're just figuring it out together type thing or were you actually doing something similar before? Yeah, I was at, I was at a small like internet marketing agency uh, before that. And so I, uh, I had SEO skill set um, and then paid management, uh, like PPC, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some of the like analytics website development. So I think, um, that was definitely helpful because they were at least far enough along to know that like digital marketing, uh, was sort of a, a skill set in, in, uh, what was going to kind of help drive more free trials and, and bring in, in new customers. So right. Right. that was, was definitely part of it. And I had a pretty, pretty big conviction in SEO being, uh, sort of a, a big lever for Sprout long term, um, but also they were spending a decent amount on on PPC, and then there was a a need to have someone that had experience there. So mm-hmm. um, I had worked with a lot of like small and local businesses, but also had some some larger accounts that were uh, good experience to to bring there. So I would say it's a decent amount of of qualification, but also um, I happened to actually just email uh, the general email address of the company and just said, I love what you're doing. This is what I do. I'd love to do it for you. So actually it was uh, a bit serendipitous in that as well. That was Great even timing, able to, yeah. yeah, even able to, to kind of get in front of them. And so it definitely was not like, uh, you know, I don't think a, a huge um, search uh, for that role as much as kind of getting, getting in front of them at the right time and then having that right skill set. So walk us through the, just really quickly, kind of into the transition. So I, I want to move from, yeah. from Sprout to, to 10 speed or actually the consulting and the, that led yep. to 10 speed. But so think about like the last time or the, the last bit of time you were there at Sprout, what was going through your mind and what was, I guess, what was your particular role as well? What was going through your mind that said, you know what, I, I really need to go out on my own. I mean, had you reached kind of a glass ceiling that you couldn't get past? Had you just had the entrepreneurial itch to try this on your own had had I mean kind of grown stale in the role I mean what what is what was the mindset process that kind of led to I'm going to escape because you know often they're they're like golden handcuffs you know that you know you've you've earned so much I guess money and you've done so well in a role that it's hard to transition on out on your own so the 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 mindset of like 
how do you, what was going through your mind that, that caused you to say, Hey, I'm kind of done here. You know, is it, and I, I'm not you hear about the, the golden handcuffs, you know, that you're earning so much that it's hard to transition out on your own, you know, that type yep. of thing. And yeah. So walk us, walk us through that process. You thought I'm, you know what, it's time for me to make this leap. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a, a lot of factors. Um, I had, you know, for a long time, uh, had a desire to, to start my own, um, company and really had an idea of, of starting a SaaS company. Um, but just didn't have any specific ideas and didn't really have anything to, to launch into. But, uh, I think the entrepreneurial side of that was, was kind of always there. Um, and you know, so at, at the end I was really responsible for you know, all of the you know, inbound acquisitions and so new business acquisition, uh, and, uh, marketing operations. So really mm -hmm. kind of all of the marketing technology data, um, and then like performance marketing. Um, and it worked very closely with sales and the sales leadership, um, and a, and a number of teams. And so had a pretty cross collaborative role there. Um, and I think, you know, to be, to be honest, it was like, um, kind of reached a point where you kind of seen everything there. And, and for me, like I had, sort of come to terms with the fact that I didn't necessarily want to be like a, a big long-term career CE or sorry, CMO. Right. Um, where I think had I stayed for, you know, four or five more years and, and worked through IPO and post IPO, I would have gained a lot of uh, desirable experience there, but it just, that to me didn't, didn't get me excited. And so um, I think any of sort of the, what I was going to get an experience moving forward uh, became less appealing. Um, and then there's also just, uh, you know, some of the like flexibility and, and being able to kind of do your own thing and, and move back into the building phase and, mm -hmm. uh, and work with a, a number of other companies. And I had, you know, entertained stuff from, from recruiters over time and just could never really find anything, any one role that felt compelling enough to, to make me want to leave Sprout. Right. Um, and so I think those factors were sort of, you know, I think, uh, what's ahead isn't as compelling uh, in terms from a growth stage and there's not any other roles that I really want to go out and do. And, um, and so just kind of realizing that over time, I had a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you hire a first marketer? What skill sets should we be looking for? How do we get our first customers? How do we, how do we grow from where we're at currently or if we're stuck? And so I really just started to kind of explore the, the idea of consulting and, and being able to, to work with other companies and in that fashion. And yeah, just kind of gained momentum there and, and uh, yeah, and eventually kind of felt it was the right time to, to roll off and make that and move, do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I, so, so to talk us through that, that day you, you're packing up your little cardboard box there in your office and you are walking out and you're going, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think I felt, I felt pretty good cause I had a, uh, I mean, worked with, with leadership and had a pretty long transition off just to make sure, um, they were set up well and yep. kind of like get the right team in place. And so definitely had a lot of, uh, sort of a lot of time to, to transition out and, and have my goodbyes and, and, you know, different emotional moments and, you know, being proud of what we built and, and all right. that. Um, but I also, it, it, that long ramp off also kind of gave me a chance to, to line up, um, clients and whatnot. So I actually, mm -hmm. uh, walked out that day. I think it was a Friday. Uh, and had several contracts that started the following Monday. 
Um, so didn't, you know, in hindsight, I probably should have given myself a little more, <laughs> a little more time <laughs> little to, more to relax time. and yeah, uh, wind down. I had but, a whole um, Sunday afternoon to make the transition. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but it, but it was good. Cause it, yeah, for that reason, there was, there was really no panic or anything. It was kind of, everything was lined up and, um, felt good about, about where I had to, uh, had to go from there. So, and there was yeah, no non-compete uh, clause that you signed or was that a, was there really a direct competition or was it, was there like, or was it just in a kind of a similar space, but there, it wasn't directly related to what you were doing with Sprout? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I had a, a, a non-compete for sure, but it was um, it just, I think really just was like, I couldn't go help a direct competitor. So right. Um, none of the companies I was working with were really an issue there. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it was, no issue there on that front. Yeah. So talk us through this. You, you said you did some consulting and then what led to moving from just kind of a consultant position to founding 10 speed? Yeah. I mean, I think so there's two, two factors. One is, um, like I said, just noticing in, in my sort of my own, um, process and the way I work through and think about companies data and look at their, opportunity and potential and then what I was guiding them on um, I guess to, to back up like I was uh, in most most engagements working in sort of a, a fractional head of marketing or a fractional head of growth type of role so mm-hmm. uh, really uh, kind of leading and like giving a lot of guidance on overall strategy and how to build the team and a lot of that stuff right. um, kind of so a contract that, role almost yeah yeah um, yep and so uh, in that like like I said noticing my tendency to gravitate towards that, uh, being much more passionate about that aspect of, of what I was doing and also helping to get results there. And so that was one, one aspect. And then the other was um, really just not, uh, not that I haven't enjoyed consulting, but definitely reached a point where I'd sort of like fully booked myself kind of in it. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm kind of like, a lot of the building phase of this sort of feels like it's already done um, mm. and I'm capped out and I either have to like start hiring people to help me in this, which I just didn't really want to build a company under my own name as sort of, you know, Nate Turner consulting or anything like right. that. And so um, that was part of it too. It was just like, I think I really want to like build something bigger than just me and um, you know, something that can, can scale and, um, still didn't really have any specific software company mm-hmm. ideas or, or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah, that's where it really kind of focused in on like, well, this is what I really like doing with clients. Uh, I think this can be a very scalable service uh, and something that we can build a company around. And so that was, that was really the other driving factor was just to be able to build something larger than myself. So, so 10 speed was launched when? Um, like June, July started kind of finding some, some beta customers and, and working that way so in 2020 uh, yes wow yep. mid pandemic we're just going to launch a company <laughs> hey, yes. hey we're all virtual anyway so i mean <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter does it yeah and it's i mean i think it's yes i mean definitely a lot of hurdles there um but also the nature of what we're doing i think uh there's there's certainly um some upsides to the, the current situation, I guess, because it's, um, you know, we're positioned that really we're like less than half the cost of a full-time hire. Um, and it's also 
a fairly difficult skill set to to hire for like mm-hmm. to for companies to really know like this is someone that gets it knows how to do it um understand what's going into it so um i think there's less risk for companies to to be able to engage with us and um and know that it's not the commitment of bringing someone on full time when the future is maybe a little less certain uh and it's just less expensive for them and, and more directly just getting getting those results without a lot of the other stuff that comes with that so um so i think there in some cases there's some some uh silver lining i guess you would say i would i would say you your company could also offer a a breadth of knowledge that a single individual can't can't provide and you know you're kind of taking the risk if you're saying i'm I'm just going to go out there and hire a marketing person you know Mm in-house you know it's completely dependent on their skills their experience their work ethic their whatever yeah. If I if I bring in a, a like a contracted service that that is doing that for me, number one, I'm not paying benefits to you. Number two, yes. I am I'm taking it on, and it's it it could be for a window of time. I mean, it could be like we're going to do a trial run for six months or twelve months or whatever, and just try this out and see if it works, and and be able to adjust kind of on the fly. I mean, even even from a service standpoint with you type thing. So, I mean, I can see a yeah. lot of benefits to that for sure. Yeah. So what's been the response since, since you launched, have you just been your, your phone, your cell phone, just ringing off the, off the hook, your inbound, you know, contact form on the, on the website is just <laughs> blowing up. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's been, um, it's been good. I think we, we've been kind of like slowly moving out into, um, you know, more publicity and doing more to promote it. And so, um, that's, uh, it's definitely not like, you know, tons of inbound leads just yet, but, uh, you know, the folks that we've talked to a lot of, a lot of interest, um, and, uh, you know, as we're like, I think just wanted to really dial in the, the service and the process and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, with the folks that we had before going too hard into to promoting it and, and really right. scaling it up. So, um, definitely in that phase now of, of feeling good about the process, uh, seeing great results, uh, the folks that we're working with and, uh, just kind of ready to, to scale up from there. So definitely, uh, that the intention to get things, uh, uh, yeah, hitting the form quite a bit and, and everything else. So that's kind of, you got to get your at, SEO but, but to fun. drive traffic to your inbound <laughs> contact. Form. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I work so hard for everybody else. I don't even do my own website. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, what are the, the cobblers children, whatever that's that right. saying. They, the children the, have no shoes. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a, definitely a, a problem for most most in like uh, agencies and stuff like that. It'd be hard. So I know it's not just yeah. you. So, so walk us through who else is involved with TinSpeed. Yeah. So we uh, really just have a, a small team at this point that are um, you know, contract mostly and, mm-hmm. um, and intend to be growing and scaling. And as we're scaling up, we'll be bringing folks full time and, and grow up from there. So. So, but primarily related just to, to, I guess, improving SEO for, for content that is already produced. I mean, what are, what are some of the kind of tertiary areas that you're, you're kind of thinking about or, or involved in as well? I mean, are there new kind of offshoots you're kind of thinking about, okay, early 2021, we may start, you know, this new added service or whatever. Sure. I mean, so the, I mean, the most logical is, um, and we've already started to experience some of this is we, uh, we start optimizing existing content for companies and then, they kind of want us to help with the new stuff that they're producing as well. So, right. um, 
expanding into that where we're really doing um, uh, the detailed briefs each month for both optimization and, and new. And so that's uh, really just kind of giving them the keys to, to lay it all out correctly and, and have it optimized from, from the start and, and get better performance. Um, and so that's, that's really, I think the most natural expansion is uh, optimization sort of at the, the core of, of what we do, but um, having a good, good grasp of what it takes to, to give guidance on how to optimize new content as well. Mm -hmm. um, but no, no real plans beyond that. I think there's definitely, uh, I have an interest in, in us building some more, at least internal tools. I don't think it would really um, reach a point of, of being a software product that would be like self-service, but I think yeah. uh, going through the process enough and, and doing this uh, even just for, you know, four or five months has been uh, enough to, to really reach a point where we, see some places where it's like, okay, we use these APIs and, you know, do a lot of this other uh, um, stuff on the back end, and we could, we could shave off a lot of time and, and really uh, focus more on just like delivering results for customers. So are you, are you into security at all of like, like how to, how to guard my content that's online? I mean, you know, from hackers or from, you know, mm. just that type of thing, or is it mainly just, just the kind of the, the marketing side of things? Uh, definitely just the, the marketing side. Yeah. So that, that's uh that, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting area because I mean, 15 years ago, people didn't even know what SEO was, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you, I mean, project into the future is, is SEO kind of here to stay? Is it, does it evolve? Does it, um, you know, what, what have you seen in the, I guess the 10 plus years or whatever you've kind of been in this space? I mean, how have you seen it change other than, you know, the, the, the dreaded penguin or panda or whatever, yeah. you know, Google attack that happens, you know, every two or three years, but yep. <laughs> how do you see it? Like, how has it evolved and how do you see it evolving in the, like in the near future? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, that's, that's one of the things that drew me to SEO early on was just, um, how dynamic it was. And so it wasn't like, uh, you know, here's, here's how everything works and this is how it's going to work and whatever, you know, it's, uh, it was a very evolving thing and the, the playing field was, was frequently being leveled. Um, and so it didn't, yeah, just didn't feel like it was something that you were late into, uh, or anything like that. It was mm -hmm. like, this is, you know, big update comes out and you can know just as much as someone that's been doing it for a couple of years. And uh, so certainly I think, um, you know, from 2010 to 2020, uh, just a significant amount of, of change and, and sure. um, evolution from Google and, and therefore um, the tactics that work and, and what's, what's really shifted over time. But I think there's a couple mainstays that if you get to a high enough elevation, you're really, you're really looking at like, uh, you know, some of the authority signals of, you know, links and, and, and whatnot and quality content, you know, and good experience for users. Like those are three things that if you just continue to abide by those uh, at a high level, then um, you're, you're typically on the right track. You're not trying to do anything spammy or, um, right. Uh, you know, hack the system some way. And so I think there's, there's sort of that at the high level. And then I think moving forward, like, uh, I guess a little over a year ago, um, or about a year ago, the, um, Bert 
changes started to roll out and then um and there's been more sort of throughout 2020 and um so near term i think there's just a lot on like the um google's significant uh, improvement into like natural language processing and their ability to understand the context uh, of what's being searched and how to search that um, and then within that sort of the the passages and rich snippets and, and structuring of content to make, make sure that um, in some of those longer tail uh, in like deeper context type of things that Google is actually able to, to pull out that piece of your content and, and, uh, and do that. And then obviously voice search is continuing to grow. I don't think it swept in and disrupted everything quite as quickly as some people were expecting, mm -hmm. but um, certainly continued to be growth there and, uh, and some, some attrition and, in uh, page views for for companies as as uh, voice search can continue to sort of take some of that over. So right. I think those are probably two of the, the bigger areas. Just continue to like Google's ability to just continue to get better and understanding context and, and serving up the right thing, which for some people does have a pretty uh, disruptive impact. And then uh, and then some of the voice search stuff too. Let me ask you a really crazy question that kind of came to mind as you were, you were talking about, because I'm thinking about, you know, how Google, you know, kind of does things internally and it has kind of a knock on effect to everybody that's trying to, you know, optimize SEO on the back end of that. So does, does Google kind of closely guard how they optimize SEO internally? Do they have conferences where they bring in digital marketers and say, okay, guys, here is what we're looking for. Here, you know, this is this is how you're going to rank higher in Google. You know, if yeah. you do these things, I mean, is it is it kind of like a you got to figure this out on your own, or are there are there places out there that Google's wide open? They say, you know what, if you do these things, this is exactly this you'll have a benefit, and this is the the road to to glory here. You know, yeah. So. I I I think that uh, for a long time they've sort of mastered um, like a little bit of both, like. There's, there's enough detail um, that it's not a complete black box, but they're definitely not laying, laying it all out. Um, you know, Matt Cutts for a long time was sort of the, the big name and he was uh, really leading, I think leading that engineering team that was improving the, the algorithms. Um, and so he, he became uh, like invaluable to the community in, in making videos and explaining how, how Google thinks about it, how they approach it. Um, and really debunking some myths along the way. Mm -hmm. um, but since, I mean, it, like, it's not a new thing, but I think um, has grown in prevalence is really just like the sort of like liaison type of roles. So Google um, and a lot of other search engines have them and they are essentially the like appointed spokesperson that can uh, give some of that. And where, where I think it's really taken off um, over the last few years is like within Twitter, um, and that sort of gives um, really anyone a direct line. Like if you find those uh, liaisons and and uh, and look at who's tweeting them, what they're tweeting about, like there's a lot of um, good information that comes back. Again, not like laying it all out. And there's always a, a million caveats for different industries and product types and all that right. stuff. But um, but definitely. Uh, a decent amount. I, I would say more, more context given by Google in 2020 than there was in 2010. Um, but still many, many variables that are unknown or, or less certain, I would say. 
I would think that's almost a self-defeating possibility there. So, I mean, hypothetically, let's say that, that Google just kind of pulled back the curtain, you know, and said, okay, here's exactly how you do it. Here's, here's the way to, max, to optimize SEO. And you're thinking if everybody does it, then you've kind of lost the whole, <laughs> the whole gift of, of an optimized SEO because now everybody is, is ranking and it's almost yeah. like they're offsetting each other, you know, type thing. Yeah. So there has to be some kind of magic that they kind of hold, hold back that, that would allow people to, you know, to really, the ones that really figure this out are, are really going to benefit from this, you know, more yeah. than, than the others. So. And I think that honestly, I think, um, I, it's my own opinion, but I think they could, uh, but I think that laying it all out, just, I think it would increase like exploitation and, mm. and some of that, um, the negative side, uh, that, that they don't want yeah, um, more than anything. Cause I mean, realistically, I don't have a, a stat or a percentage, but just it's extremely common to come across websites that don't even use their title tags correctly or, you know, the H ones and H twos and H threes or, you know, duplicate content or all these things that are like really just kind of like SEO basics yeah. and, and people don't even have those down. So um, I think for the majority, like, there's a lot already out there that could take them a long way. Um, especially when you get deeper into crawlability and page speed and all kinds of stuff that, uh, there's really a good amount of information out there. Um, so I think you, you it would really be just like the fringe and, and, uh, like the experts that, and folks that are really wanting to exploit that if, if they were to fully reveal it. Right. Matt, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, man, I could, I could sit here and ask you questions all day, but uh, you, you do have a weekend to get to. But uh, wrap us up today with, with kind of, you know, speak to us as, as if we're a potential client. And so what's the, who, who is your ideal avatar and what's the, you know, I don't want to, this is your time. You can give me the 30-second elevator pitch or you can just kind of, kind of just generally sure. talk about service, you know, provided and stuff like that. But who, who would this benefit most? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I touched a fair amount on, on what we do um, and, and why, but um, for any company that has um, you know, at least hundreds of, of blog posts, if not more, um, there's certainly opportunity there to be doing um, some of that content optimization work. Um, <clears throat> but really any you know, early growth stage companies um, and not, not specific to startups or, or SaaS companies, anyone that really has... Um, a wealth of, of that written content and uh, relies on inbound um, as a, an important part of their business. So getting that organic traffic and leads or, or sales to their products, whatever it might be, um, is really a great opportunity um, to, to help optimize that. And then in addition, like I said, companies that are wanting to just augment um, sort of their in-house writing with that deeper um, skill set of how to optimize the content from the start right. and, uh, and do it, um, do it the right way from the beginning, um, are, are great opportunities. Uh, we work with, with companies that have content marketers in house, um, and we are able to kind of augment what they're doing, fold into their process pretty predictably with, uh, the briefs we're providing each month. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think just, a, a anyone that has an, an interest and desire to be doing better in uh in organic traffic with new content or existing content is a a great candidate 
Well, Nate, thank you again for just, uh, you know, taking the time today and just kind of sharing the, the story behind 10 speed and, and behind Nate yeah, Turner as you. well, you know, in that sure. process. Yeah. And is there anything I haven't asked you about? You just want to close us with today and, and uh, also tell people where the best place to find you online. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else uh, top of mind to, to touch on, but you can uh, find us at 10speed.io, T-E-N-S-P-E-E-D.io. Um, you can also reach out hello at 10speed.io. Well, Nate, we really appreciate your time today and just thank you yeah, for thank you. you playing your part and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.